Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up after the news, it's Philosophy Talk. Well, what's on your mind today, Ken? Forgiveness, John. Ken, I forgive you. It's in the past. Now, what's the program about? I, I don't need your forgiveness, John. I don't need your forgiveness. Well, if you don't need my forgiveness, I'm not going to forgive you. Well, good, because I'm not asking for forgiveness. I'm wondering about forgiveness. I want to ponder it. Ponder it. Can forgiveness be deserved? Can we be morally required to forgive? I mean, who do we give for? forgive for our own sake, the sake of the forgiven? I'm still trying to figure out what you did to me that is bugging you so much, though, Ken. I mean, <laughs> No, I'm not asking for forgiveness. I want to ponder forgiveness. Well, ponder forgiveness. Yes. Oh, and so we'll do more of that when Philosophy Talk continues. After the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Everything except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And... I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you, as always, from the studios of 91.7 KALW, San Francisco's oldest, coolest, most innovative public radio station. Continuing conversations and feeble attempts to forgive each other for the various things we do that began on Philosopher's Corner down at Stanford's wonderful campus. And continue on our wonderful blog, theblog.philosophytalk.org. John's already weighed in. Uh, check it out. Yes, I uh, hope you haven't read the blog yet, because if you'd read what I have to say, you probably would think, well, what's the point of listening to the program? Oh, that no. man has told us everything not, we need to know true. about forgiveness. Not true. Not true. You overestimate. Uh, you overestimate. John. Well, forgive me. Yeah. So well, tell me, what, what's forgiveness? What's forgiveness? Well, I can tell you what it's not. Uh, forgiving someone something isn't the same as excusing them, for example. Wouldn't you agree with that? I guess so, yeah, because you excuse somebody for things they did accidentally or unintentionally uh, you know you you uh, you trip and spill coffee all over me uh, you you ask uh, excuse me and I and I excuse you I don't hold you accountable but if you just took the coffee and poured it yeah, on me and I intentionally say, and you say excuse me I say excuse you <laughs> excuse you you but you could beg my forgiveness I could right? beg your forgiveness probably without result but I I could do that so there's a difference between excusing and forgiving and asking Excuse me, and asking forgive me. Ex uh, forgiving is not condoning. Right, uh, right. Uh, you can you can still think that what a person did to you was vile and still forgive them. Right. So if to forgive somebody, I mean, it seems right to forgive somebody only if right. There you hold them responsible. They recognize their responsibility, and somehow you release them from something. I mean, you don't quite release them from responsibility, but you release them from having to do anything else or something. I'm not sure. There's, there's different elements of forgiveness. I mean, I think part of forgiveness is, is, is mainly a benefit for the forgiver. There's a lot of quotes about that around. Uh, I, I let go of my resentment. I let go of my desire for revenge. I, I live, you know, without being consumed by thoughts about you. For that, you don't have to have changed. You don't have to have apologized. You don't even have to be alive. Well, so I don't, I'm not sure forgiving always requires this. Well, that's true. But if uh, I let go, I can imagine letting go of my resentment and all that, my anger. But if you haven't done anything, if you haven't reformed yourself, then my letting go is... That's like it's like foolhardy. I'm like a dupe or something like that. So it seems as like you have to do. There has to be something on the side of the forgiven 
to which the letting go on the side of the forgiver is is kind of some kind of response. It seems. I, I don't know that if I I agree with that. I think there's two different cases. One is is I forgive you in the sense that I forgo any desire for revenge. That's what Bishop Butler says forgiveness is. But I don't try to reconcile with you. I don't try to bring you into my life again. I maybe I'm very careful not to give you a chance to do the thing again. The other thing is where you've really changed, and I'm willing to kind of start over. Well, I, I do think there's a difference. Right, between forgiving as a preparatory to reconciliation and forgiving as just breaking off, you know, a relationship, as preparatory to just breaking off a relationship. Those are complicated things, you know. But, you know, the act of forgiving, the the process of forgiving, of getting your head into the... uh, uh, ready to forgive somebody that can be pretty wrenching that can be pretty uh, wrenching it stuff can, it, it can be a long process yeah it can and our roving philosophical reporter Amy Standen went out and talked to somebody who had to go through a wrenching process of forgiveness well on New Year's Eve my husband and I did the very same thing we had done every year this is Katie Hutchison she lives on Victoria Island in Canada we had some very close friends that would make the drive out of Vancouver to the small community we were living in to spend the weekend with us. And we'd spent hours in the kitchen making some amazing food to share with one another. And tucked our kids into bed. We're sitting around the table after that meal, drinking a bottle of wine, really reflecting on how lucky we were. We were at such a nice place in our lives. Around 10.30, Katie, her husband Bob, and their friends learned that a party was going on at the home of a close friend who had left his teenage son alone for the holiday. When Bob called and asked to speak to the boy, he was told that he wasn't there. Bob and two others went to see if everything was okay. And they literally put on their coats, cracked open a beer, because they were just walking to the end of our street, walked out into the snow, and I stood at the top of my stairs watching them walk down the road laughing and talking, and I called after them to hurry back, and Bob never came back. Bob did what I can just imagine him doing. He went straight upstairs to the master bedroom. He would have wanted to have made sure there was no one partying in our friend's personal space. And when he got to the top of the stairs into the master suite, the first person he encountered was a a large young man over six feet tall uh, who took exception to the fact that Bob had shown up. But instead of having much of a conversation, he just threw a punch and he knocked my husband out. And then another young man came up to Bob, a young man by the name of Ryan Aldridge. He was just as angry as the other guy. And so he went up to Bob's unconscious body and delivered what he later described to the police as four soccer-type kicks to my husband's head. And one of those kicks severed an artery that supplied blood to the brain. And Bob died of a massive brain hemorrhage on our friend's bedroom floor. Four years went by without an arrest. It was what Katie calls a code of silence. No one from the party would tell the police what happened. Katie moved her two young children to another town, eventually remarried, and waited. When the police were ready to make the arrest, they phoned me and they said, we're there. We've got the information. You know, Next Friday, we're going to make the arrest. And I said, great. I really appreciate having the heads up so I can wrap my mind around it and, and prepare myself and my family. And I'd also like to be there when you do it. And there was an enormous silence on the end of the line from the police. And they said, what do you mean? You want to meet him? And I said, well, of course I do. And I don't think they understood that initially. And I, I had to say that I didn't really think seeing Ryan eventually get taken out of some courtroom in handcuffs was going to make me feel much better. What was really going to make me feel better was to sit down with him face-to-face and talk about the enormous impact that Bob's death had had on on me and on my children, find out what on earth had been going on in his life to make it possible, and then decide between the two of us what we could do to ensure it didn't happen again. 
After Katie told Ryan about her husband and what kind of person he had been, Ryan confessed and eventually pled guilty and went to prison. Over the years, Katie has developed a relationship with Ryan and his family. She forgave him, and he says that her forgiveness is what saved his life. Forgiveness means fully experiencing the pain and then understanding that the impact and the harm has had an effect on all sides of the harm and then not allowing yourself to be defined by that. Forgiveness really was what enabled me to see Bob's death as not just being a tragic ending, but possibly the creation of some kind of hopeful beginning. Forgiveness said nothing less about how I felt about Bob or how profoundly his murder affected me, but it completes the circle. And I know many other victims who are on the other side of a situation where the perpetrator isn't repentant and and doesn't get it. But that doesn't mean that the victim can't forgive, because forgiveness is, it, the forgiveness was for me. It was for my children. I extended it to Ryan, but he happened to be there to accept it. But I know in many situations people aren't, but I don't believe that the forgiveness should be dependent upon that. I mean, number one, the forgiveness was for me. Stuff is going to happen in our lives. No doubt stuff will happen. And you have a choice about how you react. And your reaction shapes what happens next. And forgiveness will set you free. Katie Hutchison is the author of Walking After Midnight, due out from Rain Coast Publishing in the fall of 2006. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Standen. You can listen to the rest of this program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.